I'm Dr. Mandy Beats, and you're listening to the Behind the Brace podcast. Each week, I'll be sharing conversations and resources to help families and providers navigate the world of scoliosis. This is your place to find hope for a better solution so that you can live your best life. Um, Hi, everyone. This is Dr. Mandy Dietz um, from Behind the Brace. This month is Scoliosis Awareness Month. And so today we're interviewing Dr. Megan Teed. She's a physical therapist um, who works specifically with some uh, specialized training, Pilates, things like that, that is a little bit different than what you might find with other PTs. And so she's here today um, joining us, sharing her story. Um, her Instagram is a scoliotherapist and, uh, she's got the mindful movement Pilates, um, page that you can find her on. She's going to share more about that here in a little bit. Um, Megan, welcome. Thanks for joining us today. Thanks for having me. Yeah. I just wanted to start. Um, I just wanted you to share a little bit about your journey, um, how you initially came to work with scoliosis um, and where you started. Sure, sure. So I have scoliosis myself. Um, I grew up dancing ballet. I was screened in middle school gym class. They found it there. I think I was about 11 and I, I fell into the wait and see category. So just kept going back for screenings and things never progressed to the point where I needed a brace or needed surgery. And they just kind of left me to do whatever I wanted. Um, And then I wanted to go into physical therapy school because, you know, I was kind of inspired by uh, a neighbor who is a Pilates instructor, physical therapist, and, um, you know, I just loved the work that she did. She helped me a little bit with my back, but it wasn't like scoliosis specific. It was just Pilates based exercise, which is wonderful. Um, it was helpful. And then I came into the scolio Pilates realm when um, I moved, I, I did travel physical therapy um, for about Three years ended up in Bluffton, South Carolina, where I'm at now. And um, a local Pilates instructor was like, Hey, I am doing this case study on um, for my scolio Pilates training. And I wanted to know if you would be my subject for my case study. And I was like, Yes, what is the scolio Pilates stuff? Like, I, would, I had no idea it existed. And I was super pumped because, you know, my, even though they said that, you know, after you stop growing, your curve doesn't progress. I really felt like it progressed when I was in graduate school, sitting and studying and, you know, probably just hanging out in my curve and completely unaware of what I was doing. So, um, I went through this experience, uh, with, uh, this lady, her name is Mary Lou And I just fell in love with the process. I was able to kind of take what I learned for my own body and I started applying it to my patients. And then I wanted to make it official. And I got my certification in Scolio Pilates um, with Karina Tech. She's the creator of it. And I've gone the whole way through. And um, in a few months, I'll be certifying, I'll be certified to teach other instructors, other medical professionals, um, 
how to do scolio Pilates themselves. So that's kind of my story where I'm at. <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. So how how long have you been doing the scolio Pilates? How many years have you been implementing that? Um, it has been probably about five years. And okay. I've been full time. This has kind of been like a little side business for me initially. Mm-hmm. And now I've been full time in my business for one year, a little over a year. So awesome. It, yeah. Yeah. So I see some of your equipment back there. Does that does it incorporate any shroth training? Because I know, like especially where we're at, um, you know, everybody knows about shroth, but nobody I have never heard anybody that I know in through my clinic, the families I work with, um, mention scolio Pilates. That was something that was new to me. It was like, well, what is this? I didn't know that that existed. Um, so does it, is it similar? Does it incorporate that? Is it different? How would you describe that? Sure. Um, it is very similar to Schroth um, in that it has a lot of the same principles, elongation, breathing, stabilization, finding those auto corrections, the difference varying um, and the difference being, I feel that it's a bit more accessible. Um, you don't need a ton of props and equipment to do this and apply it at home, which I really like. I feel like it's a little friendlier for the younger folks. You know, she, she has the names of the different exercises are named after, um, sea creatures. Uh, so there's like the sleepy flamingo, there's, um, mola mola, there's all these, you know, different names to them that just is a little bit more fun and, um, yeah. like lighthearted. So <laughs> makes it more kid friendly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And even adults, they like just laugh at the names, you know, it's just right. it brings a smile to your face when you're going through something that's not so fun sometimes. Right. I know we were just talking about that is, you know, the seriousness of it and how do we try to make it light and, I mean, maybe not even always fun, but just not so heavy. Yeah. Um, if you could go back, I know you kind of shared your story about, and we have talked a lot about the people that are in that gap where it's not severe enough for a brace or surgery, but they're also not given any tools. Um, and we see a lot of people in our office that fall into that range where they say, well, let's wait and see, they get x-rays, they get x-rays, and then nothing is ever recommended or done. And then pretty soon they end up in our office and, you know, they're not able to swim. They can't participate in their sports anymore. They're having pain and they're still not given options other than say like pain management from different medical providers. So, um, knowing your story and where you came from and where you're at now, um, would there be anything like as you navigated your situation, um, what would have you wished that you had known or would have there been anything specific that you would have changed now looking back at that? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's such a good question. Um, if so, so the thing is, I'm not even sure that's, Scolio Pilates existed <laughs> when I was going through when I what I went through. Um, if it had, I would have loved to have my doctor just mention that there are options that are conservative options 
for people that have scoliosis, even if you're not having pain, it's just, it's really great to be able to do something to address um, what's going on within your body. Like just knowing what's going on within your own body is huge, you know, just to, to know what your curve is doing and how to hold yourself throughout the day. It's like, when you know that you just have so much, um, I don't want to say power, but it is, it is power over your condition and, um, over your situation, your diagnosis. So, Mm -hmm. I know there's a lot of, um, families that come in where, um, we've been trying to address too, like that isolation piece Mm -hmm. of feeling that, like you were the only one that this is happening to, um, like that isolation and also sometimes how it's handled, feeling like this is something, something happening to you that mm-hmm. you don't have any ability to participate in versus, you know, switching this conversation for our kids and talking about the things like you just said, that empowerment piece of it. Mm-hmm. Um, so with what you do, because I know there's a wide range, right. Of just like anybody, medical doctors, chiropractors, physical therapists, mm-hmm. right. Um, how is what you do different than say, um, going to a physical therapist that's traditionally trained, mm-hmm. um, and w- what might they see the differences be in their approach and, and exactly what we talked about, like having that empowerment. Um, So traditionally physical therapists, you're taught in physical therapy school to stretch the quote unquote strong side and strengthen the quote unquote weak side. Um, And unfortunately, scoliosis is not that black and white and not that straightforward. Um, The way that I address it, we go through a movement assessment Um, it's called curve mapping. So look at the x-ray, look at the way my client is moving every time that they squat, every time they bend forward, um, stand on one leg. We look at those asymmetries. We don't judge. We don't look for a specific diagnosis or try and pinpoint a problem area. We just try and get the big picture. And that's the way that I track progress with my clients. It's so helpful for them to see what they're doing because a lot of times they're not aware that they feel like they're centered. They feel like, you know, they're, they're moving symmetrically and um, to highlight that and for them to be able to see that and um, learn from that is huge. They're able to track their progress. We do it when we first start working together, we do it midway through, and then we do it um, at the end of the six months. So I start off with a six month long program with my clients. Um, The other difference is I do some small group scoliosis training. So there are other people in the group that have the same curve type as them. And that is probably the biggest benefit of the work that I do. And the biggest difference is um, you're meeting other people, uh, learning from other people that are in the same situation as you. It varies in age. I have clients that are in their 20s the whole way up 
into their seventies and eighties. Um, so it's really neat to just hear everybody's perspective and experience so mm-hmm. that they can learn from each other. Yeah, that sounds amazing. So as when you say that I envision kind of like a workout class only, mm-hmm. is it similar to that? It is similar. Yeah. So we go through, um, scoliopilates exercises and, I call out corrections. So if I say that you need to drop your right ribs back, everybody in the class needs to do that. So um, it doesn't, it makes something that's confusing, less confusing (laughs) so that um, they get that ingrained repetition of Mm -hmm. what their auto correction should be. So we meet together every week for an hour at a time. And then in between the sessions, they're not left with like a sheet of paper and a lot of questions. Okay. Um, <laughs> I send them a home exercise video to follow along with in between the sessions. So again, that's specific to them and their curve and they follow that video um, for a week and then they get a new video the next week. And that's how they progress throughout the program. Oh, okay. Which I would assume is helpful for people if <laughs> it's changing versus just the same static yeah. things yeah. all the time, right? Mm-hmm. Compliance probably goes down. <laughs> right. Yes. yes. Just the same thing over and over. Um, okay. So you said you do six months. So once they complete that six months, then what do they typically do after that? So um, I, the way I, d- I describe the, the first six months, it's like a college education in your curve. <laughs> And your scoliosis. So you are schooled in movements that you should probably avoid if you are trying to really focus on curve progression or avoiding curve progression and pain. Um, How to sleep. That's ideal for your curve. How to sit in your chair, carry your purse, reach into your cabinet, all those things. Um, so you have two options. You can branch off and continue off on your own at that point, or you can, um, transition into the advanced or maintenance phase of it. And that's where we incorporate some weights. Um, it's a little bit more equipment heavy. So we have, um, weights and we use a pull-up bar and things of that sort. Um, equipment is really minimal in the first six months because I want you to have zero excuses for not doing your exercises. (laughs) A wall and a couple of yoga blocks, a yoga strap and a chair. So that's all you need for the first six months. And then, yeah. Um, they're forward. It's more of a commitment and um, investment and some other things. So, okay. So in my mind that, so that sounds like a perfect fit for like the college kids that are done with their scoliosis care, but they're still athletes and they want to be active and do all those things. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Perfect. Um, And then, so when you work with all of those different populations, as far as ages and things like that, is this appropriate for anyone of any varying severity? Um, like patients, like, can you even address anything with patients that have had surgeries before mm-hmm. or is this only for non-surgical patients? So, um, the, the first thing we need to make sure is that we're clearing it with your doctor that 
it's safe. It's okay for you to participate in an exercise program, um, making sure that the curve isn't a progressive curve. So, um, that's something that I, I really want that to be clear with my clients before we start together. And then, um, to answer your question, I do work with clients who have had spinal fusion because you have some remain, depending on the length of the spinal fusion. Um, and even if you have a full length spinal fusion, you still have that muscle memory that's happening. Um, that remembers where your curve used to be. And, um, we can really help to reshape the shape of your rib cage because, that is something that doesn't change with the surgery. So with the breathing exercises, with some of the muscle correction and firing techniques, it really helps to reshape everything and, and help to strengthen. Yeah, good. I'm sure that they find huge benefit in that. Mm-hmm. Um, I have found, at least from my experiences, that most of the time after a surgery, it's kind of one and done. And once they're cleared, they don't have a whole lot of contact or, um, Mm follow-up post-surgery unless there's problems. Um, so, I mean, that would be an amazing resource to have. Um, so kind of going back to that, when you talk about like clearing it with uh, different providers and things like that, um, have you been able, or do you closely work with, uh, different providers? Like, do you have, the ability to network with different providers in your community, whether that's orthopedic doctors or massage therapists, chiropractors, yoga instructors, like is, have you found that to be a really good way to coordinate with patients and what they need? Um, yes. So locally, I actually, I only see probably 10% of my clients are local and then 90% are online. So I work with clients all over the the world, um, which has been a blessing of COVID. (laughs) People are much more open (laughs) to that. Right. (laughs) than before they're like, wait, what are you trying to do? Telehealth? What? (laughs) Yeah. I don't know what that is. (laughs) Um, but yeah, I will say that I do have a network of massage therapists that I trust here and uh, other Pilates instructors, physical therapists, and we brainstorm with the the doctors in the area. They have a certain protocol that they like to follow, unfortunately, and um, they tend to be kind of stuck in just give you like a general back brace for your low back pain that you have. I, you know the in-person clients I work with, they're, they're 50 and older generally. Um, Mm -hmm. and those doctors that they work with just have, they do injections, pain medication, and and that's about it. So, right. Yeah. The stuff that really doesn't get to the root of it. I'll be Um, honest. I haven't like actually put my feet to the ground and, and made a lot of effort because I've tried just with like general physical therapy in the past to market to them. And then, you know, you get burned and you're not as excited or anxious to get back in. (laughs) Right. I know it's hard sometimes too, because, um, you know, regardless of I have, I've had some experiences where even though they really wanted to make that connection, just the limits of the facilities they work in make that difficult too. Yeah. 
Um, do you work with clients that have um, braces? Like, do you co coordinate if somebody's being braced and doing this at the same time? Mm-hmm. Um, I actually don't currently. I um, I have very limited training with the bracing. I'll be honest about that. I'm going to be Schroth certified at the end of August and I I'll get more experience as far as the, the bracing side of things goes, but. Okay. But that's something that's possible though. Mm -hmm. Yes. Right. Okay. So then as you go forward, um, you can start to integrate that because I would imagine that would be extremely helpful for anybody. Yeah. That's going down that path. Yes. Yes. Yeah. It's a, it's a necessity, honestly, to have, have the exercise in conjunction with bracing. Mm -hmm. Yep. And so you work with anybody across wherever. Yes. Um, When you are doing like that virtual care, is it the same? I mean, obviously they can't meet in person necessarily Mm -hmm. with your class, but you're still doing like the weekly visits and then six months and then moving forward from there. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Perfect. Um, so as you moved into, you know, switching from what you were doing in physical therapy and like coming into more of this specialty work, um, what did you find was the biggest hurdle, the biggest struggle to, to get through that process, do your training and shift your practice? Mm-hmm. Um, probably just fear of missing out, (laughs) you know, the, just making that jump from promoting myself as a general provider to a specialized, you know, scoliosis provider, you have that selfish feeling of, okay, well, what if there isn't really a need for this, you know, as much as I feel like there is. I would think that that was probably my biggest hurdle with making that transition. And then once I did, once I committed to, okay, this is what the path I'm going to go. I mean, that kind of just unfolded on its own, honestly. Um, After I I finished my mentorship in Scolio Pilates, I started just posting my experience with the case study that I did for, you know, by my mentorship and, there was a lot of interest in that. And, you know, I just kind of rolled with it and there I am. Mm-hmm. Are there other providers? Like if, um, if somebody is listening and they want to like figure out who might be around them and I know you can do it virtually, but if somebody wants to do in person, like, are there a lot of other providers that do this or is this a very like isolated niche group? So there are a lot more, um, than when I was first, um, exposed to scoliopilates on the website on it's osteopilates.com. You can search for providers within your area and there's a map you, you know, that there's providers actually in Australia now and, um, a few in Europe, I want to say some other countries as well. So it's not just isolated to the United States, um, but there are providers all throughout the U S as well. 
Okay. Um, and then as you move into being trough certified, I mean, other than adding the patients that are, you know, in that middle of that bracing protocol, mm -hmm. um, will other things change within your practice and what you're able to offer? Yeah. Um, I'm actually not quite certain on that aspect. I, I think the biggest change might be the way that I, um, educate my clients and, um, some of the interventions that I provide, I may switch some of that up as well, but yeah, I'm, I'm not certain exactly how that's going to look yet, but I'm excited about it. Yeah. I mean, that sounds like a really exciting opportunity. So many people need that. I know even around here, when people talk about Shroff, you can't find providers. And if mm -hmm. there is somebody they're 500 miles away. Yeah. Yeah. So it's really difficult. Um, how have you noticed, like, how has this changed your life and what you do and how you like your quality of your day-to-day -day mm -hmm. activities? Yeah, I've definitely made modifications and a lot of just my, my positioning and my posturing throughout the day. I have a, a chair, a special chair that I've invested in that has made a tremendous difference in the way that I sit. Like when I'm just in your normal standard chair, I have to have like my feet folded up and, you know, cross-legged position and I just do crazy things. So this promotes, you know, an improved posture, more balanced and um, I'd say the, the biggest thing is probably the way that I exercise. I, I love to ride Peloton. I love to run, lift weights and knowing my corrections and the way to hold my body when I'm doing those things, the way, the way I should be breathing. Um, that's just really helped a tremendous amount. I don't feel like I get injured as often. Um, I don't feel like I have that chronic, um, discomfort over my prominence when I'm running, like all of those things, I know how to, and if I do get that, I know what to do to minimize that and to address it. So it doesn't linger. That had to take some practice. It's yeah. not just, it doesn't happen overnight, right? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> when you say that, I think about, because I love to run it. I'm thinking like, I don't know how to run, like how you would run and hold that corrected posture. It's got to just, um, mm -hmm take some special direction and ability to be able to do that. Yeah. It, the, you know, there, there's, it's not perfect, <laughs> but there's little things that I'll notice that I do while I'm running. So for instance, like while I'm running, I'll, I'll notice that I'm kind of dipping into, you know, I have one shoulder that likes to live way down and I'll notice that happens as I get tired while I'm running. And, you know, I, I know how to adjust that, um, so that it can lift up out of that habitual, you know, mm -hmm. LinkedIn positioning. Yeah. That is such a great resource. I know so many athletes that feel limited by what they have going on and to be able to have resources like that, to teach them how to properly use their body mm -hmm. is just huge versus that blanket statement of, well, just don't do that. Right. <laughs> Which I absolutely hate. <laughs> I yeah. remember when I was actually going through the mentorship initially, God bless my, the, the lady that was doing it with me. She was like, well, you can't do this, that, or the, like you can't 
side bend, rotate, flex. I'm like, what can I, I almost started crying. Like, what can I do with my body? And just, you know, as we went through the process together, I, I learned that those repetitive end range movements are not great for, for scoliosis, but it is okay to do, you know, within reason. And you, you look at all of the Olympic athletes who have scoliosis and they are thriving and mm-hmm. are doing just fine. So it helps to have those reminders that, you know, things don't have to be off limits, but if you are having like a lot of pain, those are movements that you want to stay away from while you're in that flare up, while you're having that, um, sciatic nerve issue. So it really helps to have context (laughs) to the rules. (laughs) Right. Not just all or none. Um, and I feel like that's such an important piece to talk about because a lot of people when they're 14, 15, 16 years old, whether they're softball players, dancers, Mm -hmm. gymnasts, you know, or they're in orchestra, they're all of a sudden told, this favorite thing that you love that you've done forever, mm-hmm. you can't do anymore. Um, and so like, well, there's that middle ground, right? You have to listen to your body, but at the same time, it's such a amazing resource to be able to give people the things that they need and the care that they need so that they can do those things mm-hmm. because without the right support, it can be really difficult sometimes. Um, and I guess that's my purpose of like connecting with people like you, because there's not always the resources given and shared and to be able to connect with people so that you have the ability to move forward in the things that you love in ways that still keep you strong and protect your body and right. make you feel strong instead of feeling like this is a forever long-term sentence that you now just have to deal with forever. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Do you, um, can this be used with all types of curves? So like somebody with a congenital curve, some, somebody with, um, a curve that's created from different neurological reasons can, is this across the board? Um, as long as their medical provider clears it, obviously, um, can be utilized by anyone regarding what type of curve they have. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. The the biggest thing is getting the clearance first, but yes. Mm -hmm. Perfect. Um, So to kind of wrap up the one question that we keep coming back to this month is if you had a family in front of you that is just entering this conversation, just getting a diagnosis, dealing with this, feeling like they're not either being heard or giving the right resources, what, what is, what are a few things that you would tell them or share with them? Um, something that maybe that you wish somebody would have shared with you back then. I would say to keep searching and, um, you know, continue to advocate for yourself. If you are the the patient or the client, or if you're the parent, um, because there are tons of resources out there now that weren't before, even if you don't have anybody local to you, there's, I mean, other than me, there's tons of other different scoliosis providers that uh, offer the online option and um, just continue, stay away from Dr. Google <laughs> as much as possible. <laughs> 
<laughs> always, oh. you know, always look for the credentials of the person providing you the information, you know, is scoliosis their specialty? Because otherwise you might be getting some really uh, not dangerous, but kind of dangerous information about scoliosis um, that, you know, might instill some fear in you. That's not necessary. And it is possible to live life well and enjoyably with scoliosis. So mm-hmm. that yeah. would be the biggest thing. <laughs> no, that's really good. And such an important reminder because, acro- you know, across all providers, right, there's different types of information being shared and some are more valid than others and different people have different types of training. So mm-hmm. Yeah that is important. We were just talking about Google this morning. (laughs) You type it in and there's such a range of, I know, (laughs) right. Don't Google it. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, Google's like such a beautiful and horrible thing. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. Um, Okay. So if people want to get in touch with you, if they want more information, if they're curious about working with you, um, how do they find you? What do they need to do? Where do they need to reach out? So probably the, the best resource is Instagram. I have a lot of free information there that I love to put out education if you're just beginning your scoliosis journey, my goal is to help make it less stressful and confusing. Um, you can find me there um, at the scoliotherapist. And you can also find me if you want more information about the Scoliosis Strength Collective, which is that six month long program I was talking about. That is at mindfulmovementptandpilates.com. And those are the best ways to find me. (laughs) Perfect. Um, Any last thoughts, anything that I didn't ask you that you feel is important people know, or that you would like to share? Hmm. I I think that's pretty much it. Yeah. I, I think you've asked a lot of really wonderful questions and I'm excited that you're doing this for people. It's so necessary and, and needed. So it is, it is, there's a huge, we find, I just have, there's such a hole in the communities of, you know, the gap between the medical treatment of scoliosis and like the realistic functional life-serving care of people with scoliosis. Um, And so it's so good uh, to be able to connect with people like you that are doing things that can help support even if they're going through the bracing and surgical procedures because I feel like at least the people I talk to they feel like there's no options Mm -hmm. um and we live in a really small community so we don't have these options here yeah so I love that you're doing it online and that somebody can just pop on and be able to do this and you know they don't have to pay for flights and a two-week-long intensive and $6,000 to try to get it done because if this can be helpful and, Mm -hmm. and get them to that place without straining all of their time and resources, it's so valuable. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. So thanks. Thanks so much for joining me. Um, again, this is, yeah, I'm so happy you could come uh, again. This is Dr. Megan Teed. Um, you can find her on her Instagram page. Um, check her out. We were looking at her stuff. She's got some great information. Um, if you need any more information, we're gonna have this link to our page. It's uh, behindthebrace.com. You can listen to this podcast. It's on our iTunes and Spotify. And if uh, you need to reach out to us for any reason, we can help connect you with her as well. So thanks again. Have a great week. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks for spending time with me today. If you could leave a review before you go, that would help us reach more people that need this message. To learn more about the services and resources that we have available, visit us at BehindTheBrace.com. This show is produced by Rayma Team Media. To learn more about how they can help you with your podcast, visit RaymaTeam.com.